We now come to Prime Minister's question, Nicola Richards. Mr Speaker, may I begin by saying that I understand and share the anger up and down the country at seeing number 10 staff seeming to make light of lockdown measures. And I can understand how infuriating it must be to think that the people who have been setting the rules have not been following the rules, Mr Speaker, because I was also furious to see that clip. And, Mr Speaker, I apologise. I apologise unreservedly for the offence that it has caused up and down the country, and I apologise for the impression that it gives. But I repeat, Mr Speaker, that I have been repeatedly assured since these allegations emerged that there was no party and that, and that no Covid rules were broken, and that is what I have been repeatedly assured. But I have asked the Cabinet Secretary to establish all the facts and to report back as soon as possible. And, Mr Speaker, it goes without saying that if those rules were broken, then there will be disciplinary action for all those involved. Mr Speaker, this morning I had meetings with ministerial colleagues and others, and in addition to my duties in this House, I shall have further such meetings later today. Mr Speaker, bins left uncollected, council tenants being forced to live in damp and cold homes, £22 million lost on Providence Place land deal and a £10 million overspend on SEND transport contracts which were almost awarded to Labour councillors' friends. Today the council's external auditors released a damning report that surprises none of us. Does the Prime Minister agree with me that 47 years of Labour control in Sandwell has done nothing, to lev- has done nothing but level down my constituency of West Bromwich East and that my constituents in West Bromwich, Fire Park and Great Park deserve better? I wholeheartedly agree with my honourable friend because the instinct of Labour councillors up and down this country is yet again to level down rather than to level up. And I, I, and I encourage her constituents to install a Labour councillor, a Labour council there as soon as possible, a Conservative council there as soon as possible, Mr Speaker. We now come to the Leader of the Opposition, Keir Starmer. Thank you, Mr Speaker. I, I heard what the Prime Minister said at the beginning of this session, but frankly it raises more questions than answers. Last week I asked the Prime Minister, was there a Christmas party in Downing Street for dozens of people on December the 18th? The Prime Minister, the Government, spent the week telling the British public there was no party. All guidance was followed completely. Millions of people now think the Prime Minister was taking them for fools and that they were lied to. They're right, aren't they? Mr Speaker, I think the right honourable gentleman probably missed what I said uh, at the beginning, but I I apologise. I apologise for for the impression that uh, has been given uh, that staff in Downing Street take this less than seriously. Uh, I'm I'm sickened myself and furious about that. but I, I repeat what I have said to him, uh, that, the, that, the, uh, that I have been repeatedly assured that the rules, that the order, rules order, are not order, broken. Order, order. And I... Right, well, let's just do a little less, Prime Minister. It's important. 
asked the Cabinet Secretary to investigate exactly what happened, and I, I repeat that there will be consequences uh, for those involved if those rules were broken, Mr Speaker. An internal investigation into what happened. The situation is as clear as day. I thought last week was... Mr Speaker, I thought last week was bad enough. Surely, surely the Prime Minister isn't now going to start pretending that the first he knew about this was last night. Surely. We've all watched the video of the Prime Minister's staff, including his personal spokesperson. They knew there was a party. They knew it was against the rules. They knew they couldn't admit it. And they thought it was funny. It's obvious what happened. Anton Decker ahead of the Prime Minister on this. <laughs> the Prime Minister has been caught red-handed. Why doesn't he end the investigation right now by just admitting it? Because, Mr Speaker, I've been repeatedly assured that no rules were broken, uh, Mr Speaker. Uh, and uh, they may not... I, and I understand, I understand public anxiety about this, and I understand uh, public indignation, uh, but, that is, uh, but there is a risk of doing a, a, gra a grave injustice to people uh, who, are, who are, frankly, obeying the rules, Mr Speaker. That is why the Cabinet Secretary will be conducting an investigation, and that's why there will be, uh, the requisite, there will be the requisite uh, disciplinary action, if necessary. This pretense that further information has come to light. Give me a break. Yeah. He's still taking the public for fools. Yeah. On the day of the Downing Street party, Trisha Greenhall's mum phoned her. She was breathless and feverish. You might want to listen. Trisha followed the rules and didn't visit her mum. Listening? Four days later, on the day the Prime Minister's staff laughed about covering up the party... Trisha's mum was admitted to hospital. Trisha followed the rules and didn't visit. Trisha's mum spent Christmas Day in hospital. Trisha followed the rules and didn't visit. Two days later, Trisha's mum died. What Trisha wants to know is this. Why did the Prime Minister expect her to accept that the rules allowed a Downing Street party but didn't allow her to visit her dying mother. Prime Minister. Mr Speaker, the first thing to say is that, in common with everybody in this House, I extend my sympathies to uh, the family of Tricia, and, and of course I understand, uh, to Tricia and her family, and I understand the, the pain of everybody who has suffered throughout this pandemic. And I know that he, uh, and I know that the implication that he is trying to to draw that uh, the, the case that, he worked with, that we're now investigating somehow should undermine uh, public confidence in the, the measures that we're taking. That, I think that's the point uh, that he's trying to make. But I may say to him, Mr Speaker, I think it is a great mistake to try to play politics with this issue. And I think that is, I think that is what he is doing. I think that is what he is doing. And the public... The public, Mr Speaker, uh, will not like to see, uh, I don't think the public do want to see confidence in their measures, uh, in these measures undermined. And we are taking, we are taking, 
I think they can see the difference, Mr. Speaker. We are taking we are taking the steps necessary to protect the public. Uh, above all, Mr. Speaker, by rolling out the vaccinations, and uh, rather than focusing on the events of a year ago, Mr. Speaker, that is what we are focusing on, uh, and that is what I think the public will understand. But it's not just the events of a year ago, is it? We are facing a new variant. We may well be in Plan B this afternoon. Even the Prime Minister, even the Prime Minister must must understand the damage he's done to his credibility in enforcing the rules now and in the future. Tricia made an enormous personal sacrifice to do the right thing, to follow the rules and help defeat the virus. That's what she was asked to do. Most people were just like Tricia last Christmas. No one was dreaming of a Zoom Christmas turkey dinners for one, gifts exchanged at service stations. But the virus was out of control. 489 people died of COVID on the day of the Downing Street party. So the British people put the health of others above themselves and followed the rules. Isn't the Prime Minister ashamed that his Downing Street couldn't do the same? Mr. Speaker, Mr. Speaker, I, I, I've said what I've said about the uh, the events on December the 18th. They will properly they will be properly investigated. And Mr. Speaker, I will uh, place a copy of the uh, of the Cabinet Secretary's report in the in the Library of the House of Commons. But what people should not do is lose focus on what we are trying to do now. Rather than, uh, of course, we will we will deal with the events of, of what may or may not have taken place uh, on the 18th of December last year, Mr. Speaker. But what I think we need to focus on today is what we're doing to roll out uh, the vaccinations across this country and what we're doing to protect the public. And and he is indeed right, Mr Speaker, that we now have in the Omicron Omicron variant a variant that is spreading much faster, Mr Speaker, than any variant that we've seen before. And that is what we need, uh, with great respect to the right honourable gentleman, to focus on. And that is why I ask everybody to go and get their booster jab as soon as they're called forward. The Prime Minister apparently wants us to focus on what's happening today. There were no government spokespersons on the media this morning. I see the Health Secretary has made it to the Chamber. And that's the point, Mr Speaker. This virus isn't defeated. We're going to face other tests where the British people may be asked by their leaders to make further sacrifices for the greater good. Her Majesty the Queen sat alone when she marked the passing of the man she'd been married to for 73 years leadership, sacrifice, that's what gives leaders the moral authority to lead. Does the Prime Minister think he has the moral authority to lead and to ask the British people to stick to the rules? Not only that, Mr Speaker, but uh, the Labour Party and the the, the Labour leader in particular have played politics, have played politics, Mr Speaker, throughout throughout this pandemic. I've got to hear what the Prime Minister is saying, because if I don't, I don't know when something is said, and I must hear the Prime Minister. Prime Minister. Uh, yes, Mr Speaker, and, and if I may say so, throughout this pandemic, throughout this pandemic, uh, the Leader of the Opposition in particular has done nothing 
uh, the play politics, uh, to try to muddy the waters, uh, to confuse the public and, uh, and to cause needless confusion about the guidance. Uh, the public, Mr Speaker, have not been so confused and they have not been fooled. And they have got on with implementing the guidance and they have got on in particular, Mr Speaker, with showing great commitment to the health of this country by going forward to get vaccinated. Order, order. Prime Minister. Prime Minister. We've had this the week before. I'm not having this every week. No, if you want to be on the front bench, behave like you've meant to be there. Prime Minister. Mr Speaker, at every stage, the Labour leadership and the Labour right honourable gentlemen have tried to muddy the waters and to play politics, whereas the people of this country have not been fooled. And in particular, they have come forward to get vaccinated faster than any other country in Europe. We've now done 20 million boosters, Mr Speaker. That is the single best thing that we can do. And I encourage everybody to keep going and get their booster jab. That's so desperate, and even his own side can see it. Last week, the Prime Minister told, her, told us there was no party. Now he thinks there's something to investigate. The Justice Secretary thinks that the police don't investigate crimes from a year ago. Well, I ran the Crown Prosecution Service, and I can tell him that is total nonsense. <laughs> Mr Speaker, at, at Westminster Magistrates Court, right now... The CPS are prosecuting over a dozen breaches of COVID restrictions last December, including those Prime Minister who hosted parties. They're doing their job, enforcing the law set in Downing Street. Will the Prime Minister support the police and support the CPS by handing over everything the government knows about parties in Downing Street to the Metropolitan Police? Mr. Speaker, of, of course we will do. Uh, we will do that, and we will get on uh, with the, the investigation by the cabinet secretary. And uh, Mr. Speaker, he continually wants to play politics uh, with this issue. We want to get on with our job of protecting this country during the pandemic. Uh, and Mr. Speaker, delivering the fastest vaccine rollout in Europe, uh, fighting the drugs gangs, Mr. Speaker, when uh, that the party opposite was to decriminalise Class A drugs, uh, Mr. Speaker, and backing our borders bill, Mr. Speaker. Uh, they have an opportunity to focus on that tonight. Why not back our borders bill, Mr. Speaker, and have life sentences for people traffickers? That's what the leader of the opposition should be doing. That's what I urge you, rather than playing politics. Yeah. Sorry, Fiona Bruce. As we celebrate the advent of Christmas, I thank the Prime Minister for his support for Christians and those of other faiths and beliefs who face persecution across the world. We here stand with them. The government has talked about the gift of resettlement for Afghans who are members of religious minorities, of those at risk of persecution, targeted for their beliefs. Will this gift of resettlement be available by the end of Christmas? Prime Minister. Uh, I, I thank her very much for everything that she does, particularly as a special envoy for freedom of, of religion and, and uh, belief. The, uh, as she rightly says, we have an Afghan uh, citizens' resettlement scheme uh, coming. Uh, we've already taken 15,000, uh, but it's important that we get that scheme right, Mr Speaker, and further details, including the eligibility criteria, will be announced uh, in due course uh, by the Home Office. I don't call the leader of the SNP, Ian Black. Thank you, Mr Speaker. We are standing on the cliff edge 
of yet another challenging moment in this pandemic. Omicron cases are rising at a rapid rate over the coming weeks. Tough decisions will again have to be made to save lives and protect our NHS. Mr Speaker, trust in leadership is a matter of life and death. Downing Street willfully broke the rules and mocked the sacrifices we have all made, shattering the public's trust. The Prime Minister is responsible for losing the trust of the people. He can no longer lead on the most pressing issue facing these islands. The Prime Minister has a duty, the only right and moral choice left to him. It is for his resignation. When can we expect it? Prime Minister. Mr Speaker, I'm... Uh, the party opposite and indeed the other party opposite are going to continue to play politics. I am going to get on with the job. Ian Blackford. No dignity from a Prime Minister that quite simply just doesn't get it. Mr Speaker, people across these islands have followed the rules, even when it meant missing friends and family, missing births, missing funerals, missing the chance to be beside a loved one in their dying moments. People have sacrificed at times to the point of breaking, while the UK Government has laughed in our faces. It is clear that this Prime Minister has lost the support of the public and now even his own benches. This is not a grin and bear it moment. This is a moment of moral reckoning. Every member of the Conservative benches must now decide is this the man to lead these islands when lives are at stake? It is clear that this Prime Minister intends to desperately cling on to power, and I have nothing left to say to a man whose answers we simply can't trust. So, Mr Speaker... Order. I will hear this question, whether the front bench like it or not. Can I just say I'm expecting better behaviour? The public out there are questioning this Parliament. Don't answer that question, Ian Blackford. Questioning this Parliament and questioning this Prime Minister that we cannot trust. It is clear that the Prime Minister desperately is clinging on to power, and I've got nothing left to say to a man who we simply cannot trust. So, Mr Speaker, it is time for members in this House to act. If he doesn't resign, then he must be removed. Prime Minister. Uh, Mr Speaker... Uh, I, I thank the uh, right honourable gentleman for his, uh, his vote of uh, support and thanks, a uh, vote of confidence. But I can tell him that I am going to get on with the job, uh, and I believe, uh, I believe that uh, that is what uh, is the right thing to do. And I think it is very, very sad uh, that when the public need to hear clarity uh, from their officials and from politicians, uh, the, the, the parties opposite are trying to muddy the waters about events or non-events of a year ago, Mr Speaker. And that is what, that is what they are doing today. We now have a close question, Bob Seeley. Number five, please, Mr Speaker. Prime Minister. I thank my honourable friend, who is an excellent champion for, for the Isle of Wight, and I know there is ongoing discussion between Isle of Wight and the Department for levelling up about the unique circumstances of the island, including the discussions about the possibility of a county deal. Bob Seeley. I thank the Prime Minister for his uh, response. Will the Government accept 
the findings of the independent study that it itself commissioned this summer into a long-term fair funding settlement for the island, the final calculations of which are due imminently, and in doing so, will he help me to right a wrong which has been ongoing now for the island, for my constituents, for some six decades? Thank you. Prime Minister. Uh, I thank uh, my, my honourable friend very much. You will understand it's not easy to break down the costs that apply to the service delivery on the island, but I know the Department is carefully considering the details of the study he mentions, and I'm sure the relevant Minister will keep him updated. Sir Geoffrey Donalds. Thank you, Mr Speaker. In view of the harm caused to political stability in Northern Ireland and to our economy by the Northern Ireland Protocol, noting the lack of progress in removing the Irish Sea border, and recognising that unionist consent for the protocol is not forthcoming. What urgent steps does the Prime Minister and his Government intend to take to honour his commitment uh, to restore Northern Ireland's place fully within the UK internal market and to safeguard the political institutions in Northern Ireland? Prime Minister. I thank the Right Honourable Gentleman. and uh, He and I have uh, discussed this extensively and he knows that uh, we share a view that the protocol is not working uh, in the way that it needs to uh, in order to, to guarantee the uh, Belfast Good Friday Agreement. I don't believe things need to be that way. I think it could be worked differently and uh, we want our EU friends and partners to understand that and we will continue to, uh, to work with them uh, to get them to see things uh, in the way that uh, people on both sides of the Irish Sea see them. Uh, but in the meantime, Mr Speaker, we do not remove uh, the possibility of invoking Article 16 uh, to protect trade between Great Britain and Northern Ireland. Bob Blackman. Thank you, Mr Speaker. This week, thousands of my Hindu constituents and millions worldwide start the birth centenary celebrations of the birth of uh, His Holiness Pramukhswami Maharaj. His life was given over to people of all castes, races and religions. He was, of course, the inspiration behind the worldwide, well, world-renowned Neesden Temple and hundreds of other temples. Will my right arm friend join me in, in joining that celebration uh, and giving good wishes to all Hindus across the world? Prime Minister. I thank my honourable friend for raising uh, this and I was delighted, to, and I thank the Hindu community for their amazing contribution to this country. I was delighted to visit Neesden Temple last month and uh, to hear about all they've done during the pandemic. And I wish everybody in that community and all those celebrating all the very best. Thank you, Mr Speaker. The chaos of this government is a distraction from the serious decisions it should be taking. We all know that the Chinese government denies basic human rights to China's minority religious communities. The repression of the predominantly Muslim Uyghur population in Xinjiang has been condemned as an act of genocide. In the face of these abuses, President Biden has decided US diplomats will boycott the Beijing Olympics. New Zealand and Australia have followed suit. It's International Human Rights Day on Friday, so will the Prime Minister raise his eyes from his chaos and commit the UK to joining the diplomatic boycott, yeah. or does his desperation for trade deals trump human rights? Uh, no, Mr Speaker, because we make all those points regularly to the Chinese, and I did, indeed I did to uh, President Xi when I talked to him uh, recently. As I've said before, we do not support uh, sporting boycotts, but there are no plans uh, for ministers, there are certainly no plans for ministers uh, to attend the Winter Olympics. Dr Caroline Johnson. Thank you, Mr Speaker. 
Mr Speaker, many of my constituents in Sleaford and North Highcombe are struggling to access an NHS dentist, leading to pain and suffering in particular for children, military families and veterans. My right honourable friend has invested a record amount of money in the NHS. Does he agree with me that some of this money must be used to level up dental care provision? Does he share my surprise that there is no dental school in the East Midlands? And will he back my campaign for dental school in Lincolnshire? Prime Minister. Uh, I, Mr Speaker, I, I know that Health Education England are working extensively in Lincolnshire to improve the recruitment and uh, retention of dentists. I understand that uh, they agree with her about the uneven distribution of dental schools throughout the country, and I'm sure as they consider uh, their next steps, they will have heard her appeal. Very Thank you, Mr Speaker. Storm Arwen left thousands of people in Bear Park, Ludworth, Sherbourne and Waterhouses without heating or electricity. Yet it took five days for a, for a ministerial statement to be made and a week to send in the army. My constituents weren't just left without power, they were left without a government that cares. Can the Prime, can the Prime Minister look me in the eye and honestly say that he did everything he could as soon as he could to help the people of Durham? Prime Minister. Uh, yes, I can, Mr Speaker, and I can tell her that uh, I, I was in contact with uh, representatives of the local authorities of the Army, uh, of uh, Northern Power Grid and, and others uh, to uh, see what more we could do to assist them in restoring power. Uh, and I, I sympathise very much with the families who, uh, who lost power for an unconscionably long period, Mr Speaker. And uh, the House will have heard the explanation of the, of the various electricity companies about why that was so. We must learn the lessons from storms Arwin and Barra and make sure nothing like that happens again. Mr Speaker, I know we'll all agree that our vaccination programme has been a tremendous success. Yeah. Vaccinations are the front line of defence against all variants of COVID and the booster jab is a vital component of this. Yeah. But in rural areas like mine, our booster centres are often few and very far between and two-thirds of housebound people, those perhaps most vulnerable, most susceptible and most in need, haven't yet received their booster. So can I ask my uh, Vice Honourable Friend, what steps the government's taking to ensure more centres are available, particularly in rural areas, and would he ask the Health Secretary to meet me uh, with some urgency to ensure my constituents can get their boosters and stay protected this winter? Yes. Uh, Mr Speaker, amongst the heroes of the vaccine rollout are, of course, pharmacists, as he, as he rightly says, up and down the country. Uh, and we have 1,500 community pharmacies uh, vaccine, vaccinating uh, people near where they, where they live. Uh, I, I know that uh, the NHS uh, are considering the, the need to support uh, more pop-up uh, clinics where there's a need. I'm happy to arrange a meeting uh, with him and the vaccines uh, minister to discuss this further. Catherine West. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Mr Speaker. Will the Prime Minister tell the House whether there was a party in Downing Street on the 13th of November. Mr Speaker, no, but I'm sure that in, in whatever happened, uh, the guidance was followed and the rules were followed at all times. Dr Luke Evans. Thank you, Mr Speaker. We know the booster vaccines are essential in our fight against Covid. 
Speaking to clinical colleagues, one of the biggest hindrances is the 15 minutes people have to wait post-Pfizer. If we could reduce that or take that away, it could release thousands of hours of clinicians' time. So will the Prime Minister ask the MHRA and the JCVI to look to see if it is safe to do so, particularly for those people receiving their third Pfizer booster? Prime Minister. Uh, my honourable friend makes a very good point, and I can tell him uh, that we are in the process of reviewing uh, the, the waiting, the 15-minute waiting requirement uh, for, uh, for both uh, booster doses, and we continue to be guided by the JCBI and the MHRA. Catherine Smith. Thank you, uh, Mr Speaker. My constituents are having to resort to DIY dentistry, including performing DIY dentistry on their own children. Money. Not anything has been allocated to NHS dentistry. So can the Prime Minister explain why my constituents cannot access an NHS dentist? Prime Minister. I, I, I thank her, but uh, we're, we're putting record funding into, uh, NH, into the NHS, including uh, into NHS dentistry. And uh, if she'd like to write to me with, uh, uh, with the, the cases that, she's, uh, that she mentions, I'd be happy to take it up with the Secretary of State for Health. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. On many occasions, the Prime Minister has spoken, I know, to primary age children about careers and the opportunities that are ahead of them. Does my right honourable friend agree with me that every child should have the chance to meet adults from different professions, different backgrounds, uh, to be inspired for the future, and that this, this could play a major part in delivering the levelling up agenda? Prime Minister. Uh, yes, Mr. Speaker, and I, I thank my honourable friend, and uh, it's absolutely true that throughout our uh, career strategy. Uh, we've invested so far £2 million to support uh, career-related learning in uh, primary schools and as anybody in this House will know uh, they're, they're, you get the most extraordinary questions uh, from primary schools, uh, children and they are often very, very ambitious for their futures. Jane Jeremy. Yeah. Mr Speaker, Jane wrote from Erdington, her father Vince died of Covid. Five days later, her sister died of Covid. She is devastated and appalled at recent revelations as to what has gone on in Downing Street. She asks this question of the Prime Minister. Does trust in British politics matter? Uh, yes, it does, Mr Speaker, and that's why it's so absolutely vital uh, that, that, of course, we should get to the bottom of uh, whatever may or may not have taken place uh, on the 18th of December last year, but we need to focus on what's happening this year, Mr Speaker, and I urge her uh, and everybody else uh, to get their booster jab and to look after themselves. Mr Speaker, at the moment, indecent exposure or flashing is illegal offline but not online. I really welcome my right honourable friend's support for that to change when he spoke to the liaison committee in November. Will he support outlawing cyber flashing and other forms of sexual image abuse online in the forthcoming online safety bill when it comes to this House? Uh, I, thank, uh, I thank my right honourable friend and uh, she is right to draw attention to uh, that uh, phenomenon of cyber flashing and uh, it is one of the issues that is being addressed uh, by my right honourable friend in the online harms bill. John McNulty. Uh, thank you, Mr Speaker. Last year I asked the Prime Minister what progress had been made delivering his pledge to buy 4,000 Zeds by 2024. The budget and the spending review confirmed the UK Government 
planned investment will not reach that target. As Vice Chair of the Bus Coach and APPG, let me tell the Prime Minister, bus manufacturers have no orders from his zebra scheme. Production lines in Falkirk, Ballymena and Scarborough desperate to start orders and deserve better than this. Yeah, yeah, Prime Minister, yeah. why is your government failing to deliver these orders and that pledge? Yeah. Uh, Mr Speaker, we are absolutely committed to delivering 4,000 zero emission buses and we are also committed to supporting a UK uh, bus manufacturer. Ian Duncan Smith. Uh, Mr Speaker, uh, the Prime Minister has already been asked about the Winter Olympics uh, but his, listening to his answer, I have to say, sadly, I think it is not at all strong enough. May I support the request that the UK government now acts against this dictatorial, brutal Chinese regime that is persecuting everybody from Christians through to Tibetans and uh, terrorising the Uyghurs. Would the British government follow suit to the Americans, the Australians, even the Lithuanians? And please, please, I beg of him, give a lead for human rights and make a diplomatic boycott of these Olympic Games. Prime Minister. Uh, Mr Speaker, it's clear from what I said uh, earlier on uh, that the, go the government uh, has uh, no hesitation in raising uh, these issues with China, as I did with President Xi uh, the last time I talked to him, uh, and there will, be, there will be effectively a, a diplomatic boycott of the... Uh, there will be a diplomatic boycott of the... Uh, of the Winter Olympics in Beijing. No ministers are expected to attend. Well, I think the House uh, and, and, and no officials, Mr Speaker, but what I can tell the House is that uh, I do not think that sporting boycotts are sensible, and that remains the policy of the government. Douglas Chapman. The Prime Minister will be aware of the recent National Audit Office report on bounce back loans and eye-watering levels of fraud and criminality uncovered. In the interest of the taxpayer, Will the Prime Minister initiate a great British bounce back fraud squad to recover this public money and prosecute where appropriate, even if the crime was committed more than a year ago? Prime Minister. Uh, Mr Speaker, of course we will take action against anybody who's defrauded uh, the, any of the Covid loans, bounce back loans or, or otherwise. William Rag. Mr Speaker, there are media reports of a Cabinet meeting and press conference this afternoon to initiate COVID Winter Plan B without reference to this House. COVID passes will not increase uptake of the vaccine, but will create a segregated society. Is my right honourable friend, the Prime Minister, aware that very few will be convinced by this diversionary tactic? Prime Minister. Uh, Mr Speaker, uh, no, no decisions will be taken without consulting the Cabinet. Thank you very much, Mr Speaker. This country is angry, and understandably so. Last Christmas, while we were in lockdown, millions of people were unable to be with their families. Thousands of people waved through their care home windows at loved ones wishing them a Merry Christmas from the side of the road. People died without that last touch from their daughters, their sons, their wives. Working in intensive care, I wept behind my mask as three children, talking to their dying mother on an iPad, begged her to wake up. Countless children now growing up without parents.
while parties were held at number 10. Mr Speaker, this is disgraceful. This is an insult to everyone who followed the rules. It is an insult to everyone who wasn't allowed to say their final goodbye. This happened on the Prime Minister's watch. So my question, my question is very simple. How does the Prime Minister sleep at night? Mr Speaker, uh, I, I want to say first of all, uh, well, I want to repeat what I said uh, earlier on about uh, the, what happened last year, a year ago, but uh, what may not have happened. But I want to say, I want to say this. I share and understand uh, her grief and her feelings. I thank her uh, for her service in the NHS. And, uh, Mr Speaker, I know how much this country has been through, and I know how difficult it has been through. And, and if you ask me uh, how I sleep at night, well, the answer is, uh, of course, I take full responsibility and personal responsibility for everything that this government has done. But I must say to you, Mr Speaker, and I say to the House, uh, the, the, the way forward for this House, uh, for this country now, is to focus on the position we are in and, above all, to get our vaccinations as fast as we possibly can. Uh, we're in a much better position this year than we were last year, uh, and that is thanks to the vaccination rollout, and I urge every member of this House to join that campaign and that great British vaccination effort.